good book. And basically, this is a series that covers the big ideas of the Bible. We're going to try to connect the dots from Genesis to Revelation and kind of look at, look at it from a macro view from, from, the, from the balcony. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But we know that God, as believers, we know that God inspired every word of Scripture. But there are some that are more central and more helpful that we study that are more centrally focused on our faith and, and how it all works together. So that's what we're going to focus on. Our text for the whole series is 2 Timothy 3, 16. And Paul's talking to his protege, his son in the Lord. And he says this, all scripture is God-breathed. Everybody say God-breathed. God-breathed. Pastor, what in the world? It's like you can imagine, <sighs> okay, what does that mean? God-breathed. It means that the Holy Spirit inspired people. The Holy Spirit didn't physically write the words. He inspired people to write the words over a long period of time. So we have different personalities coming out in the writing, different styles of writing, different emotions, but all guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's what that means. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and that's me, The servant of God be thoroughly equipped. Say equipped. Equipped for every good work. You have a work to do. If you believe in Jesus, if you're following him, you have something to do. And it's more than sit on a chair in church. (laughs) Come on now. Help me. It's more than that. You have a good work to do. And that's what this is talking about. Now, the Bible is made up of 66 different manuscripts. We need to understand that right off. It's not one book. It's 66 different manuscripts that were compiled and written, listen to this, over a 1,500-year period. Different languages, different times, different cultures, and all of this, it's absolutely incredible. Now, the Old Testament is compiled of 39 different books written in Hebrew, by the Jewish people before Jesus came on the scene. These are people that followed God, that loved the Lord before Jesus came on the scene. Now, when we say Old Testament, sometimes we get the impression that it's not that important, that we don't need it. You know, it's the, we got the New Testament. Why do we need the Old Testament? Look at the screen. Without the Old Testament, we would have a difficult time appreciating and understanding the New Testament. The Old Testament is absolutely vital to our faith. Now, the New Testament is a collection of, who can do the math? How many? 27, thank you, our scholar over here. 27 books written mostly in Greek, some in Aramaic, by the earliest followers of Jesus. These were the people who walked and talked with him, who ate with him, who knew him. Even the Apostle Paul. Did you know the Apostle Paul wrote half of the New Testament? But he had a physical experience, an encounter, and that's what I'm praying for for us. Come on, somebody. An encounter with Jesus on the road to, we've heard this name in the news here lately, Damascus. While we were in Israel, we got to go up on the Golan Heights at the very northern tip of Israel and look out upon Syria. And on the clear day, you can see Damascus. This, this, what's in the news right now, it's always in the news. This area of the world is always, it's central. 
It's central. And Paul had this encounter with the Lord on the way. Here's, but here's the miracle of the Bible. You've got 66 books, different authors, different styles, hundreds of years, and it all comes together to tell one story of God's salvation plan for humanity. Come on, somebody, give him praise. It's absolutely amazing. So knowing and applying the principles found in the Word of God is what will equip us to be the person that God has called you to be, to do the things that God has called you to do and live out the life that he has called you to live. It will equip you with the right tools to do the job. Just, I'm going to embarrass you, Doug. <laughs> Just last night, Doug Moyer. How many are Doug Moyer fans in the room? Come on. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I'm the big Doug Moyer fan. He was, uh, we, we, we got a new, new house, uh, bought a new house, and it, I think everything has gone wrong, okay? All the plumbing, all the, it's just like constantly something. And so he was so nice to come yesterday evening and help me uh, set a toilet, put a vanity in, uh, and stuff like that. And he would, I was a contractor at one time, but here's two things I didn't touch, plumbing and electrical. Never, never, never. And I'm so glad for people who know what they're doing. But he would hit an obstacle, Something would, would, would not work. He'd be in, and so he would disappear. He would go to his truck and get a different to do the job. Now, if you're like me, and you probably won't admit it, but if you're like me, I try to do everything with a hammer or a screwdriver or, or, or a combination of the two. I do, I'm just, that's the way I am. So if it can't be done with a hammer or a screwdriver, I'm in trouble. But it was amazing to me how he would go, and some of these tools I'd never even seen before, and he would use because it was the right tool for the job. That's what the Word of God is and what it does if we know it and we apply it. Now, we're going to be learning the most essential things in the Bible. But listen, knowledge is not the main goal. Knowledge is not the main goal, the most important thing. My prayer, is, as I've been studying for this series, and my prayer for us is that as we come together and study the Word of God, we would begin to sense the presence of the Lord in a new, amazing way, and that it's a way that is attached to this book. A spiritual thing would begin to happen, and that your story would begin to align with this story as you begin to know it more. Look at the screen. God's desire is that His Word becomes personal, not a book on your coffee table collecting dust. I know nobody has that or experiences that, but it's not just the unapproachable, unattainable, unknowable book that Pastor Allen uses on Sunday morning. God wants his word to become a part of you. I'm going to give you the big idea of the whole series right up front, right here. The ultimate benefit of studying the scripture isn't greater knowledge of the Bible, but greater intimacy with God. Amen. Now, there are a lot of benefits. There are a lot of benefits to studying the word of God, but the top one, the main one, the most important one is that we become more intimate with the Father. Why? Because we're going to end up learning his heart and knowing the mind and heart of God. From the first word until the very last, the Bible points to the person of Jesus 
Christ. Why? Because he is the word. He is the living word, the logos. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the living word of God, and my prayer is that his word that is written on black words on white paper would become a living, would become alive, would become sharper than any double-edged sword. Come on, somebody, that it would penetrate our lives and change our lives. Come on. Hallelujah. Some of you can't decide whether you like this or not. It's, it's all right. No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I'm going to convince you. When we study scripture, we need to do it with an open heart and an open mind to the Holy Spirit. Whenever you open the word of God, don't just open it, but pray first that the Holy Spirit would be a part of that. We need to engage our mind and our heart. Otherwise, it is strictly an academic exercise. There are plenty of people who could teach circles around me. No way more. They know the ins and outs of the Bible, but they don't know God. There are plenty of scholars who can read and, and write in Hebrew and Greek. They know the timelines. They know the history, but they don't know Jesus. That's not what we're interested in. Now, don't get me wrong. Academics is important. Education is important. No amens on that? It's important. I thought I'd at least get one from Dr. Thomason over here. It is important. And listen, 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 listen. By, by nature, this series is a little more academic in nature. It's going to be more like, a little bit more like a classroom. And I know some of you are excited about that, and some of you... That's not your thing. You'd rather have more of an inspirational sermon and a woo and that kind of a stuff, and that's fine. But listen, we've got to have a balance. We've got to have a balance, and it's my job to make sure we have a balance. And I try to do at least one series a year where it's more academic and more teaching in nature, and that's what this one's going to be. And by the way, you need to be here. One lesson builds upon the other. There's no excuse anymore. Even if you have to miss, we're online. <laughs> Don't stay home to watch online. That's the only thing about this whole online thing as a pastor. I'm like, it's going to be a temptation when it's raining outside. I'm preaching to the choir because y'all are here. If you're staying home because, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, the whole online thing, let me just say this. You know, we're diving into that, and we, we've, we've, we've purchased uh, great gear, and, and it's an opportunity for, for people to, to serve in the, in the media and all of that. And it's a, it's, all it is is a tool for when you're sick or when you're out of town, but there's nothing that can replace this. So I want to go into this series with prayer. I want to start this with prayer. I want us to study and learn with the Holy Spirit as our God. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. I pray that this word would become alive. It would become raiment. It would become a right now word. It would become prophetic and powerful in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's the first day out touring in Israel. First day. Everybody say first day. Still got a lot of miles to go. By the way, we walked, or I hobbled, five to six miles a day. We're in the 
a mile into the old city of Jerusalem near the Wailing Wall. And there's not a flat place in that country. I just need you to know. There's not a flat place. It's all cobblestone or, or bumpy or, or, or terrain. It's, it, there's no flat area. It is, seriously. And so I'm walking along, and there's this little, little place, <laughs> and I thought it was fine. There was, there was no warning signs or anything. And I stepped my foot on that, and I was down before I could even, and Sarah was behind me, and she said my ankle, this right here, went all the way over, touched the ground, and I know that's true because I had dirt on the side of my, it's not, you're not supposed to ever have dirt on the side of your shoe, okay? And, it, and then I fell on my ankle, and I heard pop, and I knew I was in trouble. And Richard ran over and was trying to help me up, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't get up. I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And so I sat there for a little while. I took four Advil and got to, they got, helped me to my feet, and I hobbled over to a fence and was holding on. Somebody went and bought me a cane. <laughs> I'm so thankful. It's a miracle of God that nobody took a picture of me with that cane. No, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. No. In Jesus' name, no. So that, with that cane, I had to hobble a mile out just to, to get out of that, and it, and it you know... And so I go the next morning, uh, Jameson's wife took me to the clinic. The, the team went on into Bethlehem to tour, and I went to the clinic to make sure I hadn't broken it. It wasn't broken, but it was a very bad sprain. It was huge. How many saw the picture? In the face? Yeah, okay. Um, it was all puffy and big and looked like a football. And they say, of course, stay off of it. <laughs> Elevate it. Put ice on it. And I, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Well, I did none of those things. I hobbled along for an entire week. I'm the leader of the team. I'm in Israel so I ended I couldn't get my shoes on, couldn't get my shoe on, had to do all of it in flip-flops. So just pray for me. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the deal. As the week went on, I began to get used to the pain. And I began to get used to maneuvering in a way that I knew would bring me the least amount of pain. And that's why this series is so important. Because most people walk, the way they walk out their life is broken. So many people are limping along in life and they've been doing it for so long they don't even notice it anymore. And I'm including Christians in that as well. Not just unbelievers. And most of us live with this, this messed up idea that we're supposed to have this utopian perfect life, that we somehow deserve that, that we're somehow going to get that. And why? Because we see all of our friends with a perfect life on social media. They have a perfect life. They have the pictures to prove it. And it adds so much pressure and weight to our life. We have become addicted to getting likes and affirmation on social media. It's proven. Don't say you don't, you do, and so do I. That type of thinking, folks, I don't know what the answer is except just throw it all away. I, I, I mean, that is messed up, broken thinking. 
And it's leaving a wake of depressed and disillusioned people behind it. And to be honest, it's really nothing new. Social media has enhanced it, but the enemy's been using the lie for centuries. People have been limping along in life for centuries for the same reasons. That's why God has given us his word. That's why God sent his word, Jesus Christ, to earth to heal us, to forgive us, to show us the way of the kingdom, to show us a better way. Somebody give God praise for his word and for your relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at the screen. In the Bible, you will find God's truth, which is both timely and timeless. You're going to find the story of humanity's greatest failures. Always in some form of cowardice or greed or pride or self-interest. There are stories of ordinary people who experience extraordinary victories through the power of God and his strength and others who make terrible decisions, practically ruining their lives or maybe ruining their lives or falling into sin. And sometimes it's in the same story by the same people. I think of David. Greatest king of Israel. He was a man, what? After God's own heart. And yet he committed adultery. A conspiracy to commit murder. Same man, same story. And I think of Peter, the apostle. The man who walked with Jesus in Matthew 16. Jesus, they're all walking around and he says, what do people say? Who do people say that I am? And the disciples are like, well, some say you're, you're Elijah, come back. Some say you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead. And he turns around and he says, but who do you say I am? And Peter steps up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah of God. And he hits it out of the park. And Jesus says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven, that was an excellent answer. And then two verses later, Jesus is telling his disciples, I have to go to Jerusalem to die. I have to be mistreated at the hands of the elders and everything. And Peter's like, that's not part of my plan, Lord. That's not the way I saw this playing out. You can't do that. And Jesus had to turn to him and rebuke him. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He goes from knocking it out of the park to being compared to the devil. <laughs> and we can see ourselves in every story. It's timeless. It's timeless. And it's timely because the same principles that worked then still work today. It is absolutely current and absolutely relevant to your life and to mine. It's unbelievable. That's why it's the living word. It's not dead. It's alive. If we activate it in our life through the Holy Spirit. I have three goals for this series. Number one, to gain a deeper understanding of God's story. A deeper understanding. By the way, this is a, definitely a series to take notes. This is going to be that kind of series that you can reflect on each week. But to gain a, a better understanding. I call it going to the balcony. You go up and you can, from the balcony, you can look down and you can see the whole thing, the macro view. You can see it, how it all works together. That's what we're going to do. It's important that we see the story of God from Genesis to Revelation. If you get down in the middle of it and you can get bogged down, 
We're going to look at it, how it all works together. Number two, to stir up a greater hunger for God's word. A greater hunger for God's word. What am I talking about? I'm talking about you becoming a student of the Bible. I heard one, yeah. (laughs) Did you know that regular attendance in the modern church in America is two times a month? You know know it's true, because that's what you do. If If we had everybody here every single week, we'd have to build on. I'm not, this is not, whoa, 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 this is not condemning. I'm just telling you the truth. This is what, a couple times a month is regular attendance. 30 years ago, it was every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, and Sunday was twice, morning and evening. We live in a different time. But here's what I'm trying to say. If you only receive God's word and study God's word twice a month, you are going to spiritually starve to death, and you are going to limp along in life. You will not reach your full potential in Christ. I don't want to limp across heaven's gates. I want to come charging through and give Peter a high five as I come in. And come on, come on, somebody. So stir up a greater hunger for God's word. Three, to learn how to apply. God's truth. If all we get is the first two and we don't actually learn how to apply what we've learned, we've missed it by a mile. We've completely missed it. So be sure to be here. These lessons build one on another. Now, as we begin to come in for a landing, I've been flying a lot lately, so everything's, you know, the illustration about landing. It takes a while to land, so don't, don't get too excited. But as we begin to descend and come in for a landing this morning, I want to ask you a question. And this is more of a classroom, so I want to hear your responses out loud. There's no wrong answer. Well, maybe there are a few wrong answers, but (laughs) here's the question. As followers of Jesus, as Christians, why don't we read and study the Bible like we should? It's complicated. Lazy, not disciplined. That's, That's a big one. That's a big one. What? You don't want to. Man, we got honesty in the house. I love it. I don't want to, Pastor. It's just that simple. What? King James Version. Well, I, not just the King James, but, you know, sometimes any version can be confusing. Hmm? Afraid. Dis- oh, distraction. She's preaching right there on the second row. Distractions. What? One more. You don't want to feel guilty. Oh, conviction. You're afraid if you read the Word of God, then you're going to have to do it. Just ignorance is bliss. That's good. All right. That's good. That's true. Okay. You probably don't want to come to this church if you feel that way. Okay. Let's focus on, on these. It can be intimidating. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a historical book. It's an old book. It's, it's an com- old compilation of things. It's, it's even to the most educated person here, it can be intimidating. It can also be easily misinterpreted. If we pull, and this happens all the time, if you pull just a scripture up out of context, especially from the Old Testament, you can, it, it's, you can have a mess no matter what, but it can actually be dangerous. In the most extreme cases, you can have a cult built on misinterpretation 
and using scripture in the Bible out of context. I think of Waco, Texas. I think of all this, this craziness. A thousand years ago, we had the Crusades because men took things out of context. They weren't directed by the Lord. They were directed by their own greed and lust for power and domination. They, they, they used a proof text to do it out of the Bible. And then on a lesser level, why do you think we have so many denominations? <laughs> Different interpretations of lesser doctrines. Now, we should all believe that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. If you hear a preacher preach anything other than that, you need to run. But then the lesser doctrines are all over the place. That's why we have hundreds of different denominations. So that's a big one, misinterpretation. It can be hard to understand, honestly. There are some scriptures that I'm going, I, I, we probably never know fully the meaning until we get to the other side. I always think I'm going to ask Jesus all this stuff. And to be honest, as soon as I get over there, I'm probably going to fall flat on my face in worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's all going to be all right at that point. But maybe... Maybe a thousand years in or so, <laughs> as Jesus and I are kind of strolling next to the crystal sea, then maybe we can have a chat about some scriptures and maybe a decision or two that I didn't agree with that he had in my life. <laughs> I'm preaching this morning. Okay. And parts of it, can I be real? Parts of it are boring. Did he shave the brother, Alan? Come on. You're going to read 613 rules and regulations called the law and not doze off at all? Yes, you will. Come on. It's true. If you, you can get bogged down in some of it. And that's why we're taking a macro. We're not eliminating any of it. It's all part of it. It all fits. But we're going to take that, that, that balcony look at all of it and how it fits together. There's a reason for those laws. There's a reason for all of that. Let me just tell you quickly, the law is our school teacher to show us how much we couldn't do it. That's what Paul said in Romans. He said it's a school teacher. It was to show us that we could not do it without Jesus. That was free. I wasn't even in my notes. But the, you know what I've learned? The more I study the word, the more I realize I don't know. I was standing in Israel, you know, in this, this where everything took place. It's crazy. And a lot of the stuff is the same way it was then. And I'm standing there, and Jameson's explaining all this stuff, and I'm feeling more stupid and dumb as we're going along and really how much I don't know. We have only scratched the surface. Here's the bottom line, though. The Bible can be intimidating, but it can be inviting at the same time, and approachable. Look at the screen. Anyone, say anyone. Anyone can pick up a Bible and encounter simple truths that are nothing short of life-changing. Life-changing. I have to admit something. I've been in full-time, full-time career ministry for 23 years, and it was, it was 10 years in before I discovered what the Word of God could do in me daily. Ten years of doing full-time ministry before I made that discovery, made that commitment, disciplined myself to do it every day. 
and to allow the Holy Spirit to work through it. Don't wait any longer, folks. Don't wait any longer. Now, for those of you who would describe yourself as well-learned, you're, you're a Bible reader, you're a Bible studier already, maybe you have taught Sunday school classes or whatever, let me challenge that group with one, one thing. Look at the screen. Reject the tendency to be satisfied with your current understanding of Scripture. Refuse the temptation to think that you, what you grasp of the Bible today is somehow enough. It's never enough. I can read the same passage three times in a row and get three different nuggets of truth. That's the power and the... It's alive. It's alive. And to all of us, all of us, Did I skip something? No. To all of us. Yes, I did. I skipped an entire page. You know what? If I did, then that's what the Holy Spirit wanted. To all of us. I think what I, what I, the slide that I skipped was about the, the Bible being compared to the ocean. Do we have that slide? That's pretty much what it says. You didn't miss anything. The Bible. He's <laughs> in rare form today. The Bible is like the ocean. Even, you know, there are certain places in the ocean that are so deep, no human can survive. There are places in the Bible that are so deep. But then where the depth, listen, where the depth comes up and meets the shoreline, there are places that are so peaceful and calm, a child can play there. But let me, let me challenge us today. Listen, let us never, ever settle for the shoreline. Let us never settle for the shallow end because that's where most Christians live. They never take the risk of going deeper with God and you can't go deeper without this. Amen. There's a story, I'm, I'm closing, there's a story of a man from Kansas City. I don't even know his name, it's a true story. He got saved just on fire for the Lord, and he fell in love with the Bible. He fell in love with studying the Word of God every day. And there was an accident on his job, construction job, and there was an explosion, and he lost his vision, and he lost the feeling in his hands, in his fingertips, so he couldn't read Braille. He heard of a woman in England who discovered how to read Braille with her lips, so he tried that and then discovered his lips were too damaged. But as he was trying one day again, his tongue brushed across the Braille. And this man learned how to read Braille with his tongue. And since then, he has read through the Bible and studied through the Bible four times. Oh, my God, for that kind of hunger for the Word of God. I want that kind of hunger for the world. I want you to have that kind of hunger and thirst for the Word of God. Now, I read novels at night all the time. I've always got a novel going to go to sleep by. Don't read the Bible at night. Maybe you can. I can't. Can't get anything out of them. Like, you know, get to, you know, come on. Y'all are like, oh. No, come on. Let's be real. I read the Word and study the Word in the morning when I'm fresh. I have a, but you know what? I've never gone back and ever read a novel again. I don't pick up a novel and study out of it. 
Why would this man, as hard as it is for him to read, why would he continue to go back and read it over and study it over? Why should we take the time and become disciplined enough to go and read it every single day? That's our big idea. Each time we read the scriptures, our understanding is expanded and our love for God is deepened. Every single time. You may not feel it every single time. I'm preaching. You may not feel it every time, but I promise the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your life, and you got to stick to it, got to be disciplined and continue to do it, and God will change your life through it. It's, life to, it's not a one-time event. It's a daily process. It's a spiritual thing. The Bible is the most important and powerful book in print. It is by far the best-selling book of all time, always has been, and always will be. It is a masterpiece, but more than that, it is a miracle. It is a miracle, and it is a gift of God. I pray that we open it.